Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who might stop by to ask for a cup of slab. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. All right, it's Wood Talk number 401 for July 24th, 2017. On today's show, we're talking about working African mahogany, curfing out dovetail waste, and one tracks all to rule them all. And before we get into all of our topics today, let's thank a few folks who helped us out on Patreon. Uh, that includes John Horgan, Sen Palanasami, Alyssa McKinney, Joey's Woodshop, and Colin Kelsey. Thank you folks for helping us out. And if you want to help out too, you can just go to patreon.com slash woodtalk. And that is where you can find all the different reward reward levels where you can get some cool stuff in return for helping us out. And of course, we'll mention your name at the top of the show like we did for those fine folks. And that's at patreon.com slash woodtalk. So let's get to what's on the bench. I know for Matt and I, it's probably not going to be, we don't have a whole lot to talk about because it's all about Vegas. And Matt, you just, Vegas, got, baby. You just got back yesterday, right? I just got back yesterday. The heck were you doing there for that long? Jeez. I I was working on like you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I really wasn't working at all. Uh, I was there for one day. That was it. Wednesday was my day. And then I was out. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty fun show. Uh, you know, comparing it to years past, it's a little bit smaller. Uh, I think the trade show thing continues to be a tough sell for a lot of companies because it costs a lot of money to go there and the the you know to to create the booth and rent the booth and all that stuff. But there were still quite a few companies there. A lot of people we know got to to you know put some faces with names. Got to see a lot of uh, listeners to Wood Talk, which was kind of cool. And um, I don't know. I had a great time. Did you enjoy it, Matt? I uh, I really did. It was a lot of fun. I was really tired at the end of each day just from standing. <laughs> And like I physically did nothing, yeah. But I've never you're like you're never so tired in your whole life. Like I could be outside cutting wood all day, and I'm not that sore or tired at the end of the day. Yeah, standing still is actually really rough. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, so it was a really good time. There were tons of people there, tons of manufacturers. Uh, there was stuff I wanted to see, but the the people weren't there. Uh, Makita has that new uh, uh, chop saw that's got really improved dust collection, 
and I wanted to see that in person, but Makita wasn't even at the show. So, uh, and, and they were in good company. A lot of, a lot of good companies just didn't show up. So it is what it is. Uh, but I do have a quick story about AWFS and Matt. Okay. So, and Matt and Matt. So get this, like this mattered. No, you, Oh, 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 oh what you pointed no, at yourself. So yes, yes, you, uh, Uh-oh. So we get to the show, right? It's Wednesday. That's when Matt flies in. I'm doing a seminar, um, like a panel and a couple, like two sessions I had to do that day. And I go, hey, Matt says, hey, I'm in town. And I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do lunch. And he goes, oh, I don't know if I can. I just ate. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go eat lunch. No, no, no. Let, I let's... asked you if you want to do lunch originally. Yeah, exactly. You said, that's, do you want to do lunch? The worst. And then I said, yes. And he goes, too late. I already ate. <laughs> 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 so then I go, okay, cool. Let's do dinner. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I have to do something with Triton. I'm like, oh, fine, you jerk. So I go to lunch. I'm at lunch with a representative from uh, Jet Powermatic. And I go, oh, hey, by the way, Matt, if you want to stop by, you know, the guy from Jet Powermatic wants to talk to you. I kid you not, like two seconds later, <laughs> here comes Matt. Oh, hello, I'm Matt. How are you doing? Uh, hey, uh, what's up? <laughs> right? So he's there like a flash. You know, he didn't miss a beat on that one. But uh, That's because you guys decided to have lunch like right by the Triton booth. So it was like a one minute walk. <laughs> okay. Unlike anything else in, in the whole show where it takes you 15 minutes to walk anywhere. Yeah. It's literally right around the corner. I just want to point out the, your sponsors at Triton are going, what the heck is he doing meeting with Jet? Come on. Nah, there's, boy, not, there's, not much, here. there's not much crossover there. You're cool with that. It's good. It's fine. <laughs> no, you no, there was a totally I didn't spend. I spent a good amount of time at the booth, but luckily this time I was able to get out and actually spend some time walking around the show, mm. which was also quite nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I got to uh, hang out with, with Matt and uh, April Wilkerson at the Triton booth for a little while and just kill some time, talk to people. That was a lot of fun. So yeah, it's a, it's a good show. It's a big show. But if you're ever interested in just seeing a bunch of tools, uh, meeting some people, it's it's a lot of fun. Highly recommend it. So did you get to play with the virtual reality spray booth? Oh, I did that. That was fun. How you, Did you like <laughs> it? Feel pretty accurate? I scored an A, A plus or something like that. Oh, good job. First wow. try using a sprayer and, like that, yeah. And you and you don't have pink eye yet. That's good. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Good, huh? <laughs> well, if you guys aren't familiar, if you didn't see any of the pictures of this at the um, Fuji booth, the the company that does the spray turbines, they had this um, augmented reality, virtual reality type setup where you put a headset on and you can actually go into this like virtual reality world and spray cabinet doors <laughs> like and the whole thing is set up to accurately show overspray and to show your spray pattern you make changes to the gun it's reflected in this program um and just observing it i didn't try it myself but observing it it looked remarkably accurate uh, like if you didn't realize that 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 was just like pixels and totally digital you might think that it was real so yeah it, it was really really cool to watch people seem to have a good time with that thing yeah, that was a sweet booth it's the future woodworking. Forget about CNCs and 3D printers. <laughs> yeah. It's all going to go virtual. Oh, man. Exactly. So you can do your SketchUp model, then you can grab your sprayer and just get it all coated all nice. Well, I just like to be done when the SketchUp model is done. So, like, <laughs> there's my piece of furniture. I built it. It counts, right? So Just hit print. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely good time. you have anything to add to that, or should we just throw it right to, to Shannon? Oh, I don't know. Shane likes to talk a lot, so we can probably just talk for a while too yeah, about the show. That's true. No, I don't know. It was it was good. A lot of people there. Thanks to everyone who stopped by and uh, at the booth to see me, or just stopped me walking around, or you know made my trip back to the booth. You know, last about an hour as opposed to ten minutes. That was always <laughs> nice. And I'm like, hey, I'll be back in like ten minutes. I'm walking back. Hour later, I'm finally back at the booth. That's usually how it goes. Yeah, it was nice. 
I, I had to it. I had to walk all the way across the floor because I, w- I think I was at the Triton booth and then had to get all the way back to the AWFS uh, show stage. Oh yeah, that's like on the other side. <laughs> yeah, so I was I was almost late for my session <laughs> because I, I just kept getting stopped and talking to people. It was so awesome. Um, oh. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. But yeah, I was there for a reason, and the reason was to get on that stage. <laughs> so being <laughs> being late for that wasn't actually you know not a good thing. How was the representation on like the high end commercial side of things? Oh, like, they were there. That seemed alive and well. And, and just enormous like warehouse size tooling and stuff like that. Was that because that's always what I viewed AWFS as is kind of the we used to go. The, mm-hmm. the <clears throat> millwork at, at J. Gibson McElvin used to go and um, we just haven't seen the need anymore because we don't need any massive improvements in the mill. But that was the place to go to see, you know, the hundred thousand dollar machines and Two hundred thousand dollar machines. I would almost say that's still the lion's share of the the real estate of, okay. in the machine area, just because they are so large. Um, but that's that's really. I mean, it's neat. It's fun to look at. But when you're trying to get around, that's the crap you have to walk through to get to the stuff you actually want to get to. <laughs> when that's true. They, they have the biggest booths. Too. Yeah. Stupid they winding power mat. Get out space. of the way. Yeah, they're like city blocks. You know, they're they're they, huge. They, they have their booths set up so like they offset the aisles that they either walk around them or walk through their booth mm-hmm. to keep going. Mm-hmm. You're like, come on, guys. This is this is cool, but come on. I just got to go check out my also, Tritons. They're yo. also the loudest because that show is oh so gosh. darn loud. Yeah, I'm like screaming the whole time because they're running like the stupid machines and dust collectors all day. And you're like, come on. Yep. We have like an hour of silence. That'd be kind of nice, actually. I lost my voice within about uh, two hours of presenting at the festival booth, uh, probably like four years ago. <laughs> we were surrounded by dust collectors and these large machines. Their positioning for the festival booth was really, really bad. And uh, even though I had a microphone, I wound up losing my voice just because I had to keep speaking over that ambient noise. It was pretty bad. Yeah, the booth uh, that we were at, the, at the Trident booth, right across the aisle from us was a uh, CNC machine that took um, full sheets of melamine and spit out cabinet parts. So they had a CNC router, or whatever, CNC router going, a vacuum table, and a dust collector running. <laughs> all day cutting out cabinet parts. And then you know what to do with those cabinet parts? Dumpster. That's wow. terrible. They come right off the machine, they throw them in a bin, and they roll them out to the dumpster. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> I hope they sell some stuff to make it worth it. Uh, did you see that Oneida's Dust Hood got a like new product award or something like that? So their little router dust attachment. Yeah, they actually won that. So I guess anyone who, I think Bench Cookies was one that won that in the past, like an innovation type award. (laughs) (laughs) And that was, that was a slow year. uh, Wow. Yeah. (laughs) But the router hood this year actually got it, which is pretty cool. Uh, So congrats to uh, Oneida on that. So um, I think that's it for AWFS talk. Shannon, what you got going on? Not a whole lot. Um, As you guys know, I finished my, my blanket chest finally. So I've just been trying to catch up on all the, editing i've got mm-hmm. a couple hours of, of footage because the only way i could get it done was just to stop editing like in process and just, just pile up the footage yeah get the thing done so now i'm just trying to work through that doing a lot of uh, preparation i'm going to be heading back up to maine in two weeks three weeks something like that sometime in august so i've got a whole bunch of scripting and stuff to do for um my semester point five my prequel that I'm doing up there. So yeah, not, not a lot of time in the shop, frankly, because I've still got a piece of furniture down here. That's curing, if you will. Mm -hmm. I don't want to start throwing blankets in this blanket chest until that finishes really had time to cook. (laughs) Good idea. So yeah, it's just sitting here kind of looking pretty over my shoulder. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Cool. Sounds good. 
Uh, all right, so we got the what's news section here. Shannon, you got both of these if you want to take them. Yeah, uh, this is just some stuff that I came across um, actually in the in the Hantle School community of all places. Um, there is a, a, a product called AR Measure, AR as an augmented reality, and there's rumors that this is going to be integrated just seamlessly into iOS 11, I think. Um, but it's if you're familiar at all with augmented reality, it's you know kind of holding up your phone on the camera setting, and it superimposes stuff over the real world. In this case, it it throws a ruler up over top of it, and you can kind of point on the screen through your camera and get automatic measurements of things, mm-hmm. which you know, even if it's not super super accurate, it could be fantastic for like you're out at that restaurant or at that museum and go, ooh, I really like that piece of furniture, you know, just. Bam, bam, bam. There's a couple of measurements and you're off to the races on developing your own plan, which could be really cool. The the examples they showed were like, you know, somebody's on vacation and they see uh, for like interior designers and things like that. Oh, look at that, you know, artwork that I want to buy. Will it fit into that space? You know, and you can immediately oh. get measurements of it and stuff. So it's kind of cool. It's um, there's certainly lots of ruler apps that I've seen on the phone before, but never one that does the augmented reality type thing. That could be really, really cool for like a, like a board foot calculator for that. Just point it out a board. That tells you how many board feet are in there. Point it a board. Probably have to tell it how thick it is though. We, we have one of those at the yard. It's called a vision tally. Um, I think it's a $300,000 machine. So yeah. See, there you oh, go. See, and you could get all that in a $5 app. I think so. Things are going. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's a nice. volume game, you know, <laughs> yeah, enough right. of them. <laughs> Nice. Uh, this this next one was just a, a guy that I came across on Instagram, and I still don't know how I how I got to him. But um, Kevin Manville Designs, and he is just doing the coolest thing I've ever seen. He's he's stitching panels together using copper wire. Um, so, like, imagine you used your biscuit joiner or your domino to to align panels. He is actually, I don't even know if he's using glue on the long grain edge or not, because imagine like just a whole roll of holes on either side of the glue line and stitches copper wire through the whole thing and sews it up. So he sews the panel together. It just looks so cool. Um, And then he's recently working on one where it's like two live edges come together in the middle. So you've got that kind of gap down the middle of the table and he's actually stitching across that void. Neat. It's just a really, really cool idea. It's just something I've never seen anything like it before. It's like three rows of holes on each side of the of the glue line and this intricate kind of crisscross stitch pattern um, all out of copper wire. Just cool stuff. It just reminds me of kind of why I, I, I like Instagram now because you've got uh, – how do I say this without offending people? There's not a lot of armchair woodworkers there. <laughs> yeah. Since it's since it's such a visual medium, you kind of have to be producing stuff in order to post things, kind of. Um, so there's just – there's. I a don't know. Lot I put a lot of selfies on there. That works for me. Oh, man. <laughs> That's true. But anyway, this was just a, one of those little rabbit holes you can fall down mm-hmm. and you come across a guy like this. And I don't know. It looks really – like intensive, the, the amount of drilling and stitching everything together. But what a cool thing to try on like a small project or something. Well, I'm this glad, I'm glad to really hear you cool. like it because I guarantee within six months, you're going to see like 20 people doing this, right, uh, right. this stitching. It's like the river table with the, <laughs> the boxy, like blue, you know, stream down the middle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The river table thingies. Uh, okie doke. Well, that's cool. Let's get to uh, some kickback here. Now you guys are just like lighting it up when it comes to these voicemails. In fact, I don't know that we're going from here on out. I don't know that we're going to be able to play all of the voicemails that we get 
because dun, we're dun, getting dun. <laughs> we're getting lots Make of kickback. Make sure it's good. Yeah, so now you got to up the game a little bit, you know, make it a little bit you more. To, you have to audition now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to be on the approval list, and uh, yeah, it's getting to be quite a few here. So let's get to them. Uh, first one's from Brian. Kickback on uh, plywood workbenches. Hey, dudes. This is Brian calling from Colorado with some kickback for you. Colorado. Well, I guess it's more for the gentleman calling about the plywood workbench, but anyway. It's your podcast, so for you guys too. Uh, anyway, uh, Fine Woodworking has a plans and cut list that they put out several years ago on a plywood work on a plywood workbench that I think you might be interested in. Seems pretty cool. I don't know. Thought he'd be interested. Maybe not. I don't know. Well, anyway, thanks for what you guys do. <laughs> Bye, Brian's So noncommittal. After that fantastic sales job, how can you not be interested? I'm going to go and look for this right away. Uh, We'll put the link in the show notes for you, but if you want to Google it now, you could just Google rock solid plywood bench and it should come up. Uh, Thanks for that, Brian. Okay, next one we have here. uh, Next two are actually on the scroll saw pattern. This one's from Chase. Hey guys, Chase from CN Woodwork here, and I just wanted to give a little feedback about a scroll saw question I heard on the show. Uh, It's where the pattern comes up. Packing tape, box tape. Uh, That's what happens when your finger hits the magic mouse. Stupid thing. Hold on. Sorry. The oh, scroll saw question I heard on the show. Uh, it's where the pattern comes off the edges while you're cutting. Now, usually you're using a lightweight adhesive, so you don't end up with sticky stuff on the wood after you take the paper off, and it's a little bit easier to get off. However, it does come up on the edges pretty frequently. Uh, the solution for that usually is to take uh, some packing tape, box tape, uh, the clear tape and put it on the pattern at least on the edges and the uh, clear tape will actually you can put it on the entire pattern it'll actually lubricate the saw blade a little bit so you can actually get sometimes cleaner cuts with the uh, the tape over the pattern uh, usually uh, whatever I'm cutting on the scroll saw I'll just wrap in in box tape uh, enough that I can see the pattern and uh, it'll give me a little bit cleaner cut and a little bit uh, less friction on the blade because the tape's slippery so anyways, just wanted to throw that out there. Hopefully that helps somebody. Uh, love the show, guys. Uh, keep up the good work. Cool. Thanks for that, Chase. Next one here is from Matthew. Hey, guys. Matt in Illinois again. I called last week about the issue I was having with my scroll saws templates not sticking to the wood very well and then leaving glue behind. And I'm happy to report that so far using painter's tape on the wood or in the work seems to be working out pretty well. So I appreciate that. I also appreciated your weekend episode where you talked about things to never do in the shop. And I thought as a new woodworker, I would pass on uh, some wisdom that I've gained in the last few days that I thought might help your listeners. Um, Never, ever use spray adhesive on your workbench when you have your utility knife and scissors and brand new burnisher and card scrapers (laughs) and and sanding pads and hearing protection and steel ruler and carpenter's square in the back blast area. So hopefully that will help somebody else not make that mistake. And I guess that leads me to my next question. Anybody got a good way to uh, remove spray adhesive from a variety of surfaces? Thanks for all you do, guys. See that is classic. Just putting your hearing protection on, you're like, Wait a second. <laughs> that doesn't feel right. <laughs> it doesn't come off. <laughs> Something's, uh, you know, the worst part I have with the spray adhesive and, uh, Matt, maybe you, you have enough hair on your body. You might be able to, uh, relate to this. You ever get it in yep. the hair on your arms? The overspray gets Always. into the, okay. So you have Always. enough. Yeah. yeah. It, it's horrible. That is really yeah. uncomfortable. 
you feel like you have like like permanent static charge. Like yeah. all the hairs on your arms stand up because yeah. they're they're glued up straight. Yeah, it's like you put hair, like, hairspray on it. Like, like I spiked my arm hair for you know because it's cool. All the kids are doing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so it's cool. Got another piece of kickback here on the jointer planer, the jet ten inch thing that we talked about last week. Hi, Mark, Shannon, and Matt. This is Brian McCauley from Guys Mills, Pennsylvania. And I just have a little bit of kickback regarding the uh, Jet Combo Jointer Planer Machine. Um, I also had one for a while, um, just like Matt had his. Mine was the 10-inch version. And I gotta say, I'm sorry, Mark, but I agree with Matt. It's not a great machine, but it'll get you by. Um, I used mine for probably about two years before I got my 12-inch jointer. And, you know, like I said, it's not perfect, but I was building pretty large tables with it. Uh, you know, some in-feed and out-feed support and stuff. And, you know, it'll get you by. It's not great, but it'll work. All right, guys. Love the show. Thanks. Okay. I got to kick back this kickback, okay? I can't, <laughs> I can't let this stand as is. All right. So this two-and-a-half-star product on Amazon it's very interesting if you read some of the reviews. Now, I'm not going to read the reviews. There's plenty of them there. Go look for yourself. But the first question on the Q&A section on, on Amazon is, what is the power of this machine? Right? Legitimate question. First answer, doesn't matter because it's a piece of crap. Save your money. Mine broke first day. <laughs> Second answer, I wouldn't buy it. Third answer, I'm not sure what you mean by your question. Are you asking for the horsepower or the voltage amperage? In any case, this machine is pretty much worthless regardless of power, so I'd recommend you look at something else. Wow. Next one, one horsepower, it's garbage, don't do it. And then the final one, it's 8 amps of 120 volt junk. <laughs> oh my god. So, wow. Look, you usually can get like one totally contradictory oh. one. Like in this case, oh, it's awesome. Best tool I ever bought. Yeah. You know, no, that one's pretty universally, it's junk. Yeah. So look, I, hey, I have to disagree, guys. And I think a lot of people agree with me. I'm glad some people had good experiences with it because obviously it, it does work for some folks. I had a mediocre experience. I would say it was good. Yeah. Mediocre. Yeah, and Brian clearly got by using it, but uh, other yeah, folks. But how positive is you get by? And he also <laughs> upgraded to a, nothing. He also <laughs> upgraded to a twelve-inch jointer. So my theory yeah, here is, is intact, though. The worse your starting experience is, the more you overcompensate with your next purchase. <laughs> yeah, Not overcompensating at yeah, all. Yeah, and that's why I have a eight-inch jointer because I I had a, a decent six-inch before that, so I didn't feel the need to to jump up so high. You you just stick at the eight inch because you want to be that every man. That's thing. what I'm, that is what I'm going for. <laughs> this is an every man shop behind and, me. Here. And then you also get the <laughs> eight inches. Not every man. That's way too big. Yeah, I only have well, a six inch jointer. You can't win anyway. You might as well have them send you that twelve inch jointer already. It's, it's a losing battle. I don't even know why I try. <laughs> I should just go with all Felder equipment and be done with it. Okay. Just, they had a booth sell your joiner. Uh, I did see the booth. Yeah, they they're they're machines are massive. You know, like if you get a full size CNC or something, you need a lot of uh, square footage, you know, to plop that thing down. The footprint is so big. I mean, these machines are, are like that uh, in the amount of real estate they take up in a but shop. You only need one. They do them all. They do everything. Right. It's like a shopsmith, but good. Um, yes. Yeah. Wasn't that a <laughs> Felder There's with that guy in the hot tub? That video about the hot tub? Yes, yes Felder, it was. It, it was, yeah. a, it was a, basically a commercial for Felder. You could, just, you could just build a hot tub. That's all I need. I don't need a hot yeah. tub, though. I just got rid of one. Okay, so another kickback here from Robert about one of our favorite topics, peeing. 
What's up, Harry Giggler? What's up, Albino Gorilla and Poops McDomino? Um, you know, on an earlier show, you guys had mentioned that – I can't remember who said it – but that one of you knew somebody that peed inside of a bucket of sawdust when they were working in the shop. Well, last week, uh, the beginning of the week, I was, you know – doing 12-hour days when I was in the shop uh, trying to finish up this build for a client. Um, I was building a bar, an L-shaped bar for a hotel. So, you know, I didn't want to leave the shop, so I filled the bucket filled with sawdust and peeing in it. (laughs) And I never emptied it out. So come Thursday, I leave uh, for, you know, a three-, four-day weekend in Las Vegas as a bachelor party, and when I came back... Yesterday, I opened up my garage. It smelled like ammonia for about an hour and a half. <laughs> it was probably the worst smelling thing ever. So I don't know what type of wood this person used, but the wood I guess I used didn't absorb the pee that much. Anyways, love the show. Um, I can't wait to listen to more oh. nicknames, but as of now, that's the one I'm sticking with. Thanks, guys. Well, I think maybe he should be looking at his diet, too. I mean, that yeah. can dramatically affect your composition of your urine. Oh. oh. <laughs> it's good, good stuff, this though. Just, this is just a perfect example of, of don't don't listen to us, guys. Don't do the stuff that we actually espouse on the show. That's that, that's a reason to do the opposite, generally. Yeah, wow. I would say so. Get yourself a slop sink. That's right. Because then you got to drain. You just got to worry about rinsing it. Make sure it doesn't uh, you know, stick to the sides and stuff. Because <laughs> that's gross. Okay, so Bob DeVries got another, <clears throat> excuse me, a voicemail, actually. Finally, a question. Greetings from your average ordinary Bob. Given your laissez-faire attitude about methods of work, I'm really hoping you'd be willing to discuss this for me. What I'm interested in knowing are the pros and cons of the various ways of making tenons. Um, Jeff Miller has a routing jig and he will route tenons. I've seen the speed tenon trick. I've done the dado blade. There are tenoning jigs. Uh, Mark, you've used the floating tenons uh, in your chair showing us how we can do them with our router. But then also I think the domino does the same thing, dedicated for that. Um, I'm just looking to see once what the pros and cons of the many different ways of doing tenons are. Um, that would cut down my time that I've got to sit and experiment with what's going to be best for me. And I was just hoping you guys would be willing to, to, to talk about that. I'd appreciate that. Uh, oh, and one other thing. Um, that is not my pulse you have your finger on. Thanks, guys. <laughs> what was that, Ben? Because something was, something was uh, vibrating on my finger. I don't know what it was. Mm. Okay. Is there any possibility we can even remotely answer this question to any like thorough degree at this point, unless no, we dedicate no, a show probably. to it. No, probably just not. move on. Just ignore it. It's Pretend just Bob. It it's just Bob. Too we don't have work. to actually answer it. Too much. Okay. So I think, I don't know for, for me and the whole laissez faire concept is, is very accurate. I think we sort of believe whatever works for you. He's trying to get out of having to try these different methods to find which one's best for him. I don't think that's possible. Like even if we gave him pros and cons, a lot of times those pros and cons depend on your individual situation. So I think he has to try them because all of them are valid just as a matter of personal preference and, and you know, what works for you, what you have good success with. So one yeah. thing I mentioned too, is the, the method that he's talking about, you're talking about, you can kind of divide them into integral tenons and loose tenons. Mm-hmm. 
So I think once you kind of make that distinction, then there's a whole another like realm of a thousand different ways to do each of those things. Right. Right. So there's that. Well, and I think that every project is going to have its own little eccentricity that might make like your go-to method a little bit either risky or a little bit, you know, risky from a safety perspective or risky from an accuracy perspective. And Mm -hmm. it's always good to kind of have that one more arrow in the quiver, another technique to try. Um, And I think that would apply with, with anything. Dovetails, tenons, milling a board. Yeah. I think you're, you're very rarely going to be able to find that, you know, magic bullet. That's going to be the perfect method every single time. You've got to have a couple of them. Good point. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll set that up for like a weekend show topic at some point where we talk about, you know, we'll pick 10 different ways to do it and discuss it. And then, uh, I don't know, and come up with no conclusions because <laughs> that's what we're good at doing. <laughs> probably what's going to happen. I'm going to be sick that day. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon is absent today. Uh, okay. Next one here is from Nick. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. I too am enjoying the higher quality voice memos. Do you prefer that people type out their questions and then read them in a stilted fashion with no inflection? I myself prefer the more off-the-cuff method as it is more dynamic and engaging, period. Also, is there a voice memo equivalent of accidentally leaving the caps lock on so it seems like you're yelling? Thanks for the show! (laughs) That was really good, Nick. Thank you. (laughs) Good stuff. Uh, Okay, final question here today is from Jeremy, and this is a question about finishing. Hey, Mark, Matt, and Shannon. This is Jeremy in Palm Bay, Florida. Uh, I've listened to Wood Talk for several years now, and I love the show, and I love what each one of you does individually. My question for you guys is the oh-so-looked-forward-to finishing question. I'm currently building a pair of blanket chests for both my kids, ages 3 and 6. They'll start off as toy boxes, and then... Later on down the line, I'd like to take them back, refinish them, and give them back to them as blanket chests. My question for you guys is the proper finish to use. With the limited amount of finishing knowledge I have, I had planned on going with shellac to make refinishing later down the line a little bit easier because of its ability to melt into the previous layer of finish. But I wonder if shellac is a durable enough finish to survive two kids and their childhood. Thank you guys so much for taking my question, and I look forward to hearing from you. P.S. Please insert generic but good-hearted insults and inside jokes here. <laughs> Mark has too many toys. <laughs> Matt is too hairy. And Shannon is... Shannon is... Shannon... I got nothing. Shannon's cool. Uh, I disagree, yeah. sir. I, uh, I take issue with that last part. I win. <laughs> Shannon doesn't win. <laughs> Uh, you know what I find funny about this? So he's gonna take uh, he's gonna take a toy box and represent it as they get older as a blanket chest. Is he gonna do anything other than refinish it? Because it's like, ta-da! It's a blanket chest now. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> it's the same exact kind thing. Of what I was wondering, like, is it just like I'm gonna fix all these little these dents and the the you know the crayon marks, and then that's right. now it's a blanket yeah, chest. It's like, or but, is it like but something Dad, different you do. It still Pull looks off the stickers. It, it just looks like my <laughs> yeah. toy chest. No. It's a blanket chest. <laughs> uh, I hope I hope you can sell it. Um, I mean, sell it as in convince them. So, okay. So this is like finishing for refinishing is an interesting way to, to approach this. 
if it were me, I would probably just use like a Danish oil because then you've got the ability to pretty easily repair it as time goes on because uh, they will probably beat it up. Um, you know, was, I think Shannon, you just said stickers. There's probably going to be tons of little stickers all over it and you could just kind of scrape those off and then spot address each little you know area where you pulled up finish. Uh, and then that's also very easy for you to reapply later when it becomes a blanket chest and it's still going to look good. So I don't see any reason to, you know, to go with anything else that obviously other things will work, but I feel like everything else is just going to be more labor involved in it. Um, do you guys have a different strategy? Well, no, I mean, I agree with that because there, there's nothing to say that when it becomes a blanket chest, he can't use a different finish. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, once you, you're gonna have to clean it up, you're essentially going to have to refinish it, you know, unless your children are like, I don't know. 19th century British little kids that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, <laughs> perfectly behaved, wonderful Please, little sir, children that never do more. anything. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Just like my kids, right? <laughs> Please, sir, <laughs> let me have a toy. Father, um, may I have a so blanket chest now? <laughs> you're you're going to want a nice base to start from. You're probably going to have to peel stuff off and sand stuff back anyway. So, yeah, you know, go with a, I mean, you could, you could go with shellac, but it is still a film forming finish. Yeah. That you know you could sand it back, and yes, the next coat will blend over top of it. So I suppose that's still a possibility, but um, so, you know, oil would be just just as easy. Although I think probably why he's thinking shellac is from a non toxic perspective. Um, but as we all know, when a finish cures properly, fully, it's, it's non toxic. Yeah. So yeah. Father, go may eat, I have my blanket chest first. now? it's wonderful okay so where are we okay so if you want to send us a voicemail in the future use your voice memo app on your device and send it to woodtalkonline at gmail.com and uh make it good because now there's competition make it good (laughs) (laughs) better make it good okay let's get into our email first one i have here is from eric cole he says if you had one track saw to rule them all what would influence your buying decision? I'm replacing my Grizzly track saw with something else. It's too stiff and has too much slop. I'll need a longer track to cut down sheets of Baltic birch, so the price difference between the TS-55 and TS-75 is insignificant. I've maxed out the cut capacity of my Grizzly track saw only a few times in the three years that I've had it. Okay, so it sounds to me like he's already sold on Festool. Like, I don't know exactly what, what else he would want to hear. I think Festool, generally speaking, if you're looking for the best track saw on the market... Uh, I think there's competition now, but I still think Festool's probably the highest quality of them. Uh, but he says his Grizzly's three years old. Now, I've had people tell me since I did my review when it first came out that they've made a number of improvements. So even the Grizzly is better than it was before, but there's also the Makita system. I think Craig is coming out with um, the, the system that will work with any circular saw that you just put on a track, kind of like the Eureka Zone stuff. So you have a lot of options now that, that weren't there before. Um, but it sounds like he's already sold on the concept of Festool, so I'm going to tell him to continue to go with that. Uh, but for folks who are kind of just searching now, uh, if you're looking for that cream of the crop, yeah, I think Festool is good, but man, you really got to take a look at some of these other ones because it doesn't take much to get a decent cut here. A lot of people can just make a shop-made track and use a regular circular saw and get sort of similar functionality, right? So even if you step up to a brand that maybe it's a little stiff or has maybe just a little bit too much slop, there's probably things you can do to address the slop and to address how tight it is. But even if not, it's still going to be better than a homemade jig and you're going to get pretty good results from it. So uh, I would say a, a deciding factor, I think for most people, if it's worth it to go to that festival level, is how much other festool stuff 
do you have or do you plan to have? Right, because if you're going to go down that path anyway, then just get the Festool because it's going to integrate uh, much more easily with the stuff you already have or the stuff you'll have in the future. If you don't plan to go down that route, then I think you really should be looking at some of these other options out there. Save a few bucks, and you'll probably get good results anyway. I'm done now. Yep. Oh well, I don't know. Whatever. You just got to pay attention. You're still on vacation. Oh, I wish, man. You still have scantily clad waitresses in your brain. I don't know where I went that would have scantily clad waitresses. Definitely not any casino, any casino in Vegas. You obviously never left the conference. I think he went (laughs) directly from his room to the conference and back each day. I mean, usually you can just go across the hall on the convention center and there's probably some sort of like, I want to know convention across the hall. I couldn't find these naked people. I want to know where you can go in Vegas where you don't run into half naked people. Seriously. AWFS. (laughs) apparently i don't know i was very disappointed i was very disappointed in what you guys were wearing at the triton booth there was just too much clothing not revealing enough you want to really get enough attention you i mean i wore shorts but you got a little leg action from that yeah yeah but with so much hair people thought you had pants on (laughs) yeah this is some funny looking is that corduroy (laughs) (laughs) wait i thought comic-con was going on now that's a wookie costume yeah it's cosplaying That's that's what woodworking shows me. We need more cosplay. <laughs> I agree. Imagine like three thousand Norm Abrams walking around the room. I'm a glue bot. <laughs> I would totally. I would cosplay Matt for sure. I would have. To, I guess I'd have to be the gorilla in the gorilla glue. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you can work the gorilla glue booth. <laughs> uh, you know, you've made it when people start to cosplay you. Oh, true. You see a bunch of hairy gigglers walking around. Totally. That's a victory right there. You know, speaking of like really annoying things on the show floor, did you see the people selling like cell phone accessories? Oh, yeah. yep. that, that, they're super annoying. And it's like the high pressure people, like the direct TV moron at Sam's club. Who, yeah, I got this for you. Yeah. I'm I like, phone case for you. Yeah. I'm like, like, ah, it's like a free off. thing. Are you trying to give me some free stuff? No, no. it's 50% off, <laughs> but the price just went up 50% right before I talked to you. So it breaks even. <laughs> it's a good deal for you. <laughs> Yeah, those guys are jerks. Yeah, everybody's trying to make a living. What are you going to do? All right, who's next? Buy, buy phone your, cases? I know, at a, wood, at a woodworking show. Stupid. I don't know. Are we good? I think so. All right. My face is kind of a little stiff still. You gotta, I'll say. Whatever. Look at that face. Um, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. You, you guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm just waiting. <laughs> I know you're just waiting. <laughs> this is where the audience is rolling their eyes. <laughs> I'm trying to come on, Matt. Trying to increase our listen time. All right, so <laughs> this isn't the way to do it. <laughs> no, generally not a good idea. <clears throat> yeah, silence is uh, uh, not really a good idea. Okay, go. More em- empty pauses, like the rest of the podcast out there. You know, that's right. Oh, we do. Oh wow, that's a good shot, that. actually. A shot across the bow. Boom. Oh. That's not nice. Take that that's shop not being, talk live. That's not being a community, uh, community uh, supportive woodworker right there. Well, someone else said it on the said it for us on the show that whenever that was a week or two ago. Yeah, the so one we, we, should, we read that uh, you, thing. You, that we you guys all, you should all go back listen to the uh, the show from a week or two ago. Listen to a few of them while you're at it, mm-hmm. and just keep listening and tell people you listen to the show a lot. Yeah, yeah. good idea, Matt. I think you need to go do a video on making your own thread taps now. <laughs> yeah, please, please do that. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that for a minute, huh? Oh, oh, <laughs> what did I do? Oh, no. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> I could probably find something else I can make. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. I can talk so. about in a bucket if you want. Just to keep <laughs> that. 
the theme of our show alive. I don't think you need to. There's plenty of people out there doing that good work for you. <laughs> <laughs> As we've heard. Anyway, this is a quick one. This is from Kim. He says, when cutting through dovetails, can you make multiple curve cuts with a dovetail saw to ease the paring out of the wood with a chisel? So I'm guessing what we're talking about here is removing the waste from between the tails by using a chisel to chisel it out. So yeah, you could definitely get in there with your saw, make a few relief cuts to make breaking those little pieces out a little bit easier. Or if you want to go and do some more things with a different tool, you can use a coping saw to get in there or a fret saw to get down there, scoop that waste out, and you're good to go. If you want to get even crazier, you can use a router to get in there and clean it out. Lots of ways to get the stuff out of there, but if you're pretty much stuck on doing the whole, I want to chop up the waste, then yes, curve cutting makes it a lot easier because there's less material there to remove. And it comes out a lot easier. Hmm. The end. Okay. Do you guys know that that is actually, that has a name? It's called a Morton cut. Morton? <clears throat> a Morton. M-O-R-T-E-N. A like Morton cut. People? Yeah. No, I think that's an O-N. Oh. Yeah, when you when you make a cut in the waste to specifically break up the waste to make it chop out easier, it's called a Morton cut. A Morton it. There you go. <laughs> Who's this Morton? Useless, useless woodworking facts for two. No, that's good. Alex. That's important. That's your thing now. Yeah, that's just it. Well, I'm trying to be the Cliff Clavin since you know we can't get John Ratzenberger on our show. No, we can't. We're, gonna, <laughs> we're just going to use Cliff facts instead. <laughs> All right. I think this is up to me. So instead of bull- pulling a mat with awkward pauses and you know wasting time, you're already doing slower. it. Just you're already slower. doing it. There you go. Uh, let's see. This comes from Patreon from Rod's Workshop. Just a short question on Shannon's recent comments on African mahogany. So what is the best way to deal with this wood? Is it best to use power tools or should we stick to hand tools, including a well-tuned scraper? I just got some stock to make a reproduction Queen Anne piece, and now I'm left with the doubt of having chosen the wrong wood. A Harry Giggling opinion would be much appreciated. <laughs> so, uh, no, this is the there can be bad African mahogany, and I don't think it really matters what tool you go at it with. Um, certainly, if it's the really low density stuff that's really interlocked and tearing, um, hand tools can be a real bear. But, you know, this is the same stuff that we're getting tear out on like crazy at, at the, the millworks at the lumberyard. It's just really difficult to keep it from tearing out and going nuts on you. So, you know, sometimes you have to go back to a card scraper or some sort of high angle uh, attack. Or if you're using a power tool, really, really, really like cuts, you can use the whole like um, moisten the wood um, so that it tear or so that it, it cuts a little bit cleaner. Um, but th- the biggest issue you're going to run into is not even so much the workability, but it's, is that one board you're having trouble with, are you going to have the same trouble on the next board? Or is that next board going to be totally different? So you may have figured out a solution for that first board, but then you have to change your, your strategy entirely for the next one. And that's the real issue with African mahogany is it's inconsistency from board to board. So um, in your particular case, you need to spend some time. Um, I would probably kind of do a skip planing of all your boards, um, run it through your planer, kind of get the fuzzy rough sawn texture out of the way and spend a lot of time looking at your pieces and trying your best to get a good color match. Uh, the good color match or consistency in color is going to indicate consistency and density for the most part. Um, the ribbon striping and stuff you're going to see, it's going to highlight areas where you may have some tearing problems and, and just be aware of those and do your best to um, put those trouble areas 
frankly, in a place that's going to be easier to address it. So like if you have a tearing section like right in the middle of a, of a cabinet side, it's a lot easier to address that with a plane or with a scraper or any number of methods than something that's going to be right in the middle of a molding. Um, you know, you try to just like you would try to position your knots, not where the joiner goes or not where the molding goes. Just spend some time taking a look at it and, and figuring out where those trouble spots are, either cutting around them or putting them somewhere where you don't have to worry about it. Um, I don't think you're going to have that much dramatic more trouble than you would with, you know, any of the other difficult exotic woods. It's just mm-hmm. one of those things. It's the consistency from board to board you have to look out for. Cool. Matt, do you have any hairy giggling you need to do on that? Use a domestic. <laughs> oh. Use a domestic, yeah. <laughs> that's a Vanderlist answer right there. Yeah, that's true. Well, there you that's go. True. Use exotic Michigan pine. There you go. <laughs> uh, okay, well, if you want to help out the show, you can. There's a few different ways. Got to clear my voice. <clears throat> a lot of phlegm and post-nasal drip today. <clears throat> it's rough what I'm dealing with here. Uh, you could leave us a review in the iTunes store. Just look us up and uh, click on ratings and reviews. Got a really nice one here from Meghorn85, who says, A show even a crocheter can love. What? Oh. <laughs> says, uh, This is one of my favorite podcasts. I'm not even a woodworker. My husband is, and we frequently discuss the show topics. It's a nice pick me up if I've had a bad day. Keep up the good work and the great laughs. How awesome is that? Even wow. a, even a crotcheter nice. likes us. <laughs> that's how you spell it crotcheter uh okay you can also uh set up a patreon thingy majiggy at uh, patreon.com slash wood talk and uh what else you could buy a shirt in the tww store and that's twwstore.com and shannon why don't you give them the contact info and we'll get out of here i'd be happy to mark okay. thank you <laughs> if, if you guys have stuff you want to tell us kickback voice memos in all caps or not all caps you can get us a couple different ways. You can send your voice memo, your voicemail, using your voice memo app to woodtalkonline at gmail.com, or you can type it out at our contact form, woodtalkshow.com slash contact, or just go to the website, woodtalkshow.com, find this episode, scroll to the bottom and leave your comment. Something funny. Make it funny. If it's not funny, then yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Definitely nothing. We won't read it. And uh, yeah, that's really it. You can find us at our sites, woodwhisperer.com, renaissancewoodworker.com, and macromona.com. Hey, that's me. That is you. Okay, and we are going to do an email extra after this, so $4 and higher patrons. Stick around for that. And uh, I don't know what we're talking about. We're talking about stuff and things. Talking about tools that you've gone out of your way to get that were totally silly. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay. Make make something up for that. (laughs) Yep, here we go. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will catch you next time. See you. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.